Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbard Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is September 14th, 2020, which means I'm on day 275 in a row of 365 Promise episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Folks, yesterday it was all about football. The Seattle Seahawks took their first W, and I'm satisfied with the day just because of that. But what makes things even better is the fact that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay thinking he could just simply win on any team, and that is incorrect. Drew Brees and the Saints taught him otherwise, handing him his first loss of the season, and his old team, the New England Patriots, won their first game with Cam Newton at the helm. The Philadelphia Eagles took their first loss to the Washington football team. Yes, that's their name, because they took away the Redskins to stop offending Native Americans. Philip Rivers proved that he's still not great no matter what team he's on, losing with the Indianapolis Colts in his first game playing for them. And of course, Anyone who placed a bet that the Cleveland Browns would make the playoffs this year so that they could quadruple or 10 times their money is an idiot because the Browns still suck. They got beat by the Ravens 38-6 to and another great score for me was a win for the Arizona Cardinals. Not that I'm a fan of them, but I am a hater of the San Francisco 49ers. So... A loss for them in the same week as a win for the Seahawks is a double win for Pete. Rams beat the Cowboys. I'm extremely happy for the teams that I hate taking losses. Not a Cowboys fan. Cowboys hater, 100%. Tonight, the Giants take on the Steelers for the Monday night game. Speaking of San Francisco losing, also the San Francisco Giants lost twice in the same day to who? That's right, the San Diego Padres. In a doubleheader that sees both teams only play seven innings because of the COVID BS, don't ask me why. The Padres took two wins in the same day, putting their record at 31-17. and which means they are in second place in the entire major leagues. I can't believe I'm saying those words to you right now. The Padres are only bested by the LA Dodgers who have, who are in the same division as the Padres, which is unfortunate for them. But the Padres have a chance to prove that they are truly the best in the major leagues right now because they play the Dodgers today. I cannot wait. This is a match made in heaven. This is a new rivalry, an old new rivalry. For years, the Padres were never an issue for the LA Dodgers. Dodgers would beat them every single game. It would be an easy win for them. They knew they didn't have to travel far, and they still got to take a W home within an hour and a half drive. But that is not the case anymore. They are going to have to grind 
to get this game because the Padres are on fire. They are not to be taken lightly. Second best in the MLB with the majority of the season over. I've never spoken these words before. This is exciting for the city of San Diego who has only seen heartache in sports basically forever. Having lost the the Houston Rockets to Houston, used to be a San Diego team. It was the San Diego Rockets, believe it or not. They went away. We had the San Diego Clippers. They went away. We had the San Diego Chargers. They went away. Now we have the San Diego Padres, and that's it. So if we can have our single professional sports team be a winner, then that will remind people in a city where no one cares that sports do exist. I hate to bring this up, but I just can't help myself. What in God's name happened to the Clippers yesterday? I turned the game from basketball to football for the enjoyment of the patrons of the bar I was working at, assuming the Clippers had a W after they outscored the Nuggets 63-47 to in the first half. It was done. I was like, yep, double those scores, and it's an absolute blowout. But no, instead of that, once again... The Clippers go into the second half with a double-digit lead and blow it, giving Game 6, just handing it, just boxing it up, putting a ribbon on it, and handing it as a present to the Denver Nuggets. We're going to Game 7. I can't believe it. I, I mean, I nothing should be taken away from the Denver Nuggets team. They are... Amazing. They are truly underestimated, better than I expected. You know who's not? The Clippers. They are way worse than everyone expected. They were expected to run a train through any team they faced in the playoffs and just go after the Lakers and make it a battle. But with the way they're playing right now, they do not stand a chance against the Lakers, and I hate to admit that because I hate the Lakers, and I hate LeBron, and I hate Anthony Davis. It's sad. Really, watching the second half of yesterday's game was an embarrassment. It was like the Nuggets against a high school women's basketball team. I I, I don't know what to say here. Denver, kudos to you. You know how to play in a second half. You do. Maybe they hold out. They just wait to to like a snake slithering around. And when it's time to strike, which is the second half of every basketball game, there they go. And they proved it yesterday. Nothing should be taken away from the Denver Nuggets for their win against the Clippers. Only Doc Rivers should be blamed for the loss that LA sustained because that's embarrassing and your coaching style is not working right now in the deep time of the playoffs. Game seven coming up on Tuesday. What will happen?
Well, folks, as you can tell, I still have no voice. In fact, it's getting worse. But after working two 11-hour days with that mask on, for which I had to scream through a plexiglass wall to take people's orders in a place where music was blaring and the noise of downtown is always around us, I finally have a couple days off in a row to let my voice recuperate I've hired some other bartenders, and I must say, the Duck Foot Brewing Tasting Room in downtown San Diego in the East Village location of 550 Park Boulevard is awesome. I beg of you to give that place a chance to wow you with its laid-back style, its amazing staff, and overall, its great beer and food. The menu is just fantastic. Slow-cooked ribs that fall off the bone, half-cooked and smoked chicken that has been brined and has nodes of Meyer lemon and garlic. And on top of all that, if you don't eat chicken, you don't eat pork, there's a steak option. Flank steak, just perfectly cooked to perfection, melts in your mouth. You can do any of these proteins as tacos, as sandwiches, or as entrees. And the sides are phenomenal too. Mexican style elote. We've got barracho beans, also known as drunken frijoles. I'm telling you, the food there is amazing. My favorite side is the confit potatoes cooked in pork fat and smothered in blue cheese and garlic. It's just the best flavors popping in your mouth you could imagine. You got to check it out. See me Wednesday at Duckfoot Brewing Tasting Room in San Diego, 550 Park Boulevard. Now, Taco Bell has always done things backwards to me. They've taken Mexican food and turned it into some American slop menu of just pure garbage with ground beef that's like 40% water and powdered mix. And they just do things that make me embarrassed for the company and embarrassed for America that other places think that's how we represent Mexican food. What have they done now? They've done that to the highest possible degree and come out with a Taco Bell-themed wine called Jalapeno Noir. Clearly a Pinot Noir. This spicy wine is only available in Canada. Yes, in Canada for a limited time to promote their new cheesy crusted chalupa that has melted cheese crusted onto the outer edge of the chalupa shell. I I feel like I'm describing a menu that a little child created. Crusty, cheesy, fake, chewy bread stuff paired with a spicy red wine. What is going on? on here. 
who in the Taco Bell company is so stupid that they think this should be a thing. The Chalupa thing, whatever. That'll probably sell. People love cheese. They love crusty cheese. Hell, I even like when the cheese is the taco shell. If you crust cheese enough so it still barely bends, but it has some crunch to it, and then you can let it kind of cool off in the shape of a, a taco shell and fill that up with meat. Well, that's keto right there. Well, maybe not, but you don't have to worry about the bread. And you get an insane amount of cheese with your bite. But the whole spicy Pinot Noir thing, that's like just taking a shot against people who make wine. Like wineries are shaking their heads in disgust right now because of this. People around the world who produce delicious, just expensive vintage wines see this and are embarrassed that it exists. And of course, it's representing the United States because that's where it all began. Taco Bell, fake Mexican food. Conor McGregor's in hot water for flashing his dangling to a lady on his way to the restroom. Probably he drank too much proper number 12 that night. But according to authorities, he was arrested for these allegations originally on September 10th for, yes, that's right, flashing his D at a girl and attempting to sexually assault her. Now, of course, McGregor denies these allegations. And he claims absolutely nothing like this happened whatsoever. It's a complete lie. And according to a statement by people representing McGregor, this woman is simply attempting to gain money or notoriety by making these false claims against Conor McGregor. And he was released from jail a short time later. And apparently now there are no official charges filed, which means most likely he dipped into his proper number 12 bank and pulled out a wad to pay off this gal so she'd shut her mouth because he flashed his D and said, holy he to this woman and she did not like it. You know, perhaps this is what really happened. McGregor was in a bar, drunk, probably almost owns the place. They loved him there. He's a regular. He buys out the whole place every night, pays for everyone's drinks. And he goes to use the restroom, but he unzips a little too early. You know, he's buzzed. He's on his way. He figures, nah, there's nobody else in here. I've seen who's in here. It's just me and my buddies. He unzips on his way. As he's about to enter the men's restroom, which is probably right next to the women's restroom. A woman comes out. McGregor turns the corner with his ding-a-ling hanging. And she thinks he's trying to bang her. He's flaunting his junk. He wants her to get shocked by how not really big it is probably. I mean, steroids, buddy, come on. But she thinks he's trying to get her in the mood. And instead, he was just a little early on the, uh, you know, on the departure of his thing, 
going in to take a piss because he had drank too much. I don't know what the scenario is. I personally am not a fan of McGregor. I don't like the guy. But I don't see him as someone who needs to mm -hmm. attempt to sexually assault someone. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got so much money. Women would love to be with this guy. And yet here we have a claim that he assaulted a woman sexually in a bar, flashing his D like Pee Wee Herman did on stage. I don't know about all this, but if it does come to fruition and the truth gets him charges, I'm going to get a good laugh. Because like I said, not a big fan. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we've all been waiting for. And that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, I am going to tell you the story about when I scammed people in front of a Safeway to get weed money. No surprise there. No. But the way I did it this time around was different. Now, before... I had done every type of scam, going door to door for cans, going door to door for donations, walking around parking lots and malls, asking for change to place phone calls, saying I need 50 cents here, I need 50 cents there until I would get 20 bucks. Yeah, it took a lot of people that I asked for this to work, but I did it. But this time around was different. I knew a girl by the name of Tiana. Now, I really liked hanging out with this girl. One of the reasons was she was kind of slutty back then. You know, not the same now. Amazing gal, just seriously a great chick, family gal. You know, she's got, got a great life going on. But when we were kids, she wouldn't be, she'd be the type of girl out of the blue to grab you and shove her tongue in your mouth. And, you know, that's the type of girl I like hanging out with. You never know what's going to happen. She was exciting. She was fun, spontaneous. And one day, I'm hanging out with her at her house. And we go into her garage. And she has just like a massive stack of these old chocolates still in the boxes that I recognized as the chocolates schools would try and make you sell for them in order to you know, do some sort of fundraiser. I remember the exact shape of these chocolate bars. They would always be the same. They would have different writing on them depending on what it was for. But for the most part, as a child, you can immediately tell these are the chocolate candy bars, either ones with almonds or ones without that you could sell door to door and it would make you money for some sort of fundraiser at school and whoever sold the most would get... I don't know, something. So I recognized him right away. And I'm like, hey, why do you have this gigantic rack of chocolates? And on the chocolate bars, the wrapping, it said girls classic soccer. And then the year, like two years before that date. I'm like, why do you have these really old chocolate bars from girls classic soccer? She's like, oh, I played soccer when I was young. And we were supposed to sell all these. And I never sold them. So my parents had to buy them. So she had them in her garage. 
Her parents unluckily bought all these chocolates because her daughter never sold them like she was supposed to. And I, I think you can return them if you don't sell them and your family doesn't have to pay. Like, I don't know how it always works because I never did one of these chocolate sales things. I always knew it was a scam. I'm like, dude, this is a childhood pyramid scheme thing if I've ever seen one. But either way, I the wheels start turning in my mind. I'm like, wait a second. I can use this. I can do this. I can make money off this. I'm like, give me a couple batches of these chocolates and I'll either come back to you with some money or some weed. Now back then, she smoked, so did I. All of our friends did. So she agreed. She's like, all right, take a couple cartons of these girls' classic soccer chocolates that are dated two years ago and, you know, come at me with whatever you get. I, I, I believe you'll get nothing. They're just sitting in my garage anyways. They're just wasting away. Do as you will. So I took them. <clears throat> I got my associate in crime, Chris, to join me on this endeavor and we stood in front of Safeway also known as Vons here in California We stood in front of Safeway and people were walking into the store and walking out of the store and our spiel was folks I am selling candy for my little sister's soccer team girls classic soccer yet yeah, she's sick she has an illness she's not able to sell her own candy bar so as a good older brother I have decided to come out today and sell the chocolate for her on her behalf for her team so they can get new uniforms and, you know, they can be real contenders this year in their soccer organization. And it was just melting the hearts of the people. I mean, some people were buying four or five of these. I remember watching one person open a candy bar after they bought it from me. The whole chocolate was white from the butter being expelled out of the chocolate over time and resting in a coating over the outer edge of it which is what happens to chocolate it doesn't actually get old like it can after a long time but if it's about a year old two years old it'll get the the butter will expel out of the chocolate and sit on the outside of it making the chocolate appear white but that's not mold don't worry it's just butter, and it's still edible chocolate. I wouldn't eat one of these things. There was no way I was going to munch on a chocolate I knew was probably not just two years old. It was probably four years old, because I'm sure it expired two years from the point when they actually had the kids serve it, and it was expired by two years already when I got it. It was probably four years old, so I didn't eat none of this stuff, but I sold all of them. I sold out of these chocolates in a day in front of Safeway because of the generosity of my community and the sickness and messed up, schemy side of myself. To this day, I'm not proud, but you know I have to spread the word because it's, it's just messed up what I did and you should never do the things that I do and it's also kind of comedic and funny. And, you know, hey, I, I performed some sort of a service for people. I gave them chocolate. Now, sure, it was old, nasty, cheap chocolate. And I actually upped the price. I think they were supposed to be a dollar each. I upped them to two bucks. You know, why not? People don't know the price of these things. And back then, two bucks was more like four bucks. So I was making a killing off these chocolates. I think I bought a quarter ounce of weed for 80 bucks. 
went and gave some to Tiana. And I had the rest for a couple of days of, of good times, getting stoned out of my mind with my friends and laughing our asses off about the scam we had just performed. How ridiculous I was. Don't try this at home, folks. You wouldn't, because you're normal people. Only an idiot like me would do this. I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. My apologies that I sound like a 20-year cigarette smoker. I, you know, hopefully my voice will be back tomorrow. We shall see. And I will talk to you then. It's true what they say, folks. More money, more problems, right? Every time you have money, you have more things to pay for. You have more responsibilities then. And you end up with more problems than if you had none. To signify that in song form, we all know what song I'm about to play. It's by Notorious B.I.G. and it's called Mo Money, Mo Problems. Here it is. Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop Who jewels got pops, who's mostly doji down to the blue drop The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp Guarantee me yourself, pull a level up You don't believe in the world, nigga, double up We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down Niggas didn't know me, 91, bet they know me now I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound Can't no PG, niggas hold me down Cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie True pimp, niggas spin no dough on the booty And then yell, yeah, wiggle mace, there go your cutie Wave inside the side and keep your hands high while I give you your 
on the eye. Play it, please. Lyrically, nigga, see. BIG, B flossing. Jig on the cover of Fortune. 500. It's my phone number, your man. I got the know. I got the dough. Take the flow down, Pizak. Platinum plus, like Zizak. Dangerous on Trizak. Leave your ass, Pizak.